Wrestling in 2020 has been a fascinating thing because of everything happening with COVID-19. When you think about the world of professional wrestling, it's not just about the action happening inside the squirt circle. It very much is about the audience, the you suck chance, the you sold out, the this is awesome chance. But what happens when all of that has to be stripped away because of social distancing? Uh, WWE recently held WrestleMania, and whether you're a wrestling fan or not, you've probably watched at least one WrestleMania. So now that they had a two-night event because WrestleMania was too big for one night, we're going to be talking about some very specific, unforgettable, one-time or I guess two-time only things on another exciting episode of A Cast of the Past with a brand new episode each and every Sunday episodes. Those those are things that happen with yours truly. Juan Velas from Puerto Rico joining me as we continue this socially isolating journey from Boston, Massachusetts, Ryan McNulty, Ryan, um, uh, no, no fancy beard or anything so far. I was expecting a little more. Yeah, I, well, I do have to shave every once in a while, right? I get to keep my sanity. I mean, Hey, the positive in, or at least a silver lining in this world of social distancing is it doesn't really affect our show in any way. Cause we've already been so we far were prepared. apart. The, we yeah. have, this is the moment we were preparing yeah, yeah. ourselves for. For all the video games and stuff that we played instead of going outside, I can safely say we've had a lifetime of preparation for this. Pretty much in that lovely, that lovely, sexy voice from London, Ontario, uh, Keith Hamilton. And in your case, uh, you, you did go some transformational things that I got to be thinking about, which is that, hey, a lot of places are closed. We can't necessarily get haircuts. You went all in, man. How does that look uh, working out for you? Keith is pretty much bald for those in the audio version. Yeah, it turns out when you shave your head like really short, especially in like a colder climate, your head gets cold. I forgot what that feels like, and it's been quite the adventure of like being cold, waking up cold in the middle of the night at the top of your head. But hey, now I'm good for like two months on a haircut, and God, the money I am saving on shampoo right now. Like I literally use a pinky of shampoo to wash my hair because there's just nothing there. See, but I do you have do to not contribute to businesses. The, 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 economical, the economically efficient way to live. Exactly. I don't need to own combs anymore. It's a good way to live. Why not? Why not? But everybody watching and listening, if you want to support the podcast, the best way to do so is by subscribing to the YouTube channel. We have a large archive of uh, different episodes. We don't have a ton about wrestling, but we talked about shows like WrestleMania 14, uh, SummerSlam, so on and so forth. If you're listening to us on podcast apps, please consider leaving that five-star review because it really goes a long way into supporting podcasts like this. And let's be real, people. Uh, With the social distancing and all that, I think podcasts are maybe the best outlet for just not feeling alone which is weird when we go to this topic, right? So the three of us have gone to WrestleMania more so than once. And when you go there, there have been WrestleManias with 100,000 people in that, in that audience. So just think about the sound that that makes. And the wrestlers, that's what they were to, right? Like the WrestleMania is like the, the epitome, the conclusion of the journey. So what happens when Vince McMahon, longtime owner of the uh, WWF, now WWE, says, hey, I'm not going to be canceling this. No virus is going to put a stop to this. So you strip away almost the key elements of WrestleMania, which is not just the audience. It is the spectacle. So Keith, uh, where was WrestleMania held this year? 
Well, instead of being held in Tampa, where it was originally supposed to be held with uh, like a 65,000 arena capacity, it was held at the WWE Performance Center in front of like three cameramen. So it was very, uh, it was a very different atmosphere than what you're used to with WrestleMania. And this is the same uh, idea that the WWE has been doing since the uh, this current situation has unfolded, where they've canceled all their arena shows, and it's just been taking place at the Performance Center. It's kind of like Normally, it's almost like a best case scenario because normally Monday Night Raw is three hours on Monday of all right television. We'll use all right. It's a thing. That's a a generous description. (laughs) And now because thinking like, how are you going to fill three hours in a place where there's no crowd? It's been almost like a clip show where there's really only like an hour and a half of content at best. And then let's show old matches from before the current events and to fill the rest of the time. And because there's commercials, those matches take a little longer than usual. Like, when we had a wrestling podcast, we would talk about how Raw was too long. Well, now we're here. The current situation has gotten us to like a two-hour Raw. So really, best case scenario there, but it's just, it feels different. Especially when the product of wrestling hasn't changed at all. Where they're, uh, some people are trying to do the same thing, but without the crowd reaction for it, it's different. And it isn't in a positive way. There are some instances where this uh, change has been a very positive change. But overall, I'd say maybe not so much. Before we get to uh, the uh, the two main topics that everybody's talking about, which is the a boneyard match between AJ Styles and The Undertaker and the Firefly Funhouse match between uh, Bray Wyatt and John Cena. Uh, Ryan and I really tuned out of uh, WWE on a regular basis a long time ago. So I'm curious in your case, Ryan, given the landscape that's happening right now in entertainment, uh, how did you react when you found out that WrestleMania, a show you've gone to, they're still going with it despite the fact that maybe 70% of what makes it WrestleMania is not actually going to be there? So my first reaction was, of course, you know, Vince McMahon being as stubborn as he is, not wanting to postpone his biggest show of the year. But when you actually think about it, I think it was the right thing to do because, you know, people still need entertainment at this time and almost more now than ever where, you know, we can't really leave, you know, we're trying, everyone's trying to minimize leaving their house. So to give people two days worth of entertainment, I think is a great idea. And also WWE is, you know, they have a very set schedule of events all throughout the year. So if you tried to push WrestleMania to like the end of the summer, then you're really pushing into SummerSlam, which if they want to do a big stadium event, maybe, you know, maybe SummerSlam's even too soon, but like you could make Survivor Series just a bigger event to try and make up for not having that big stadium show earlier in the year. So I think just with the schedule of wrestling, if you postpone it, it's just going to rub up against another event and it's it's going to throw off the whole schedule. So you might as well give some give the people something to uh, to pass the time. And uh, WWE is definitely not the only company going through this. I regularly watch uh, All Elite Wrestling, which has people like Cody, Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega 
but they've handled things very differently. Uh, they've sort of uh, embraced a smaller atmosphere and have the wrestlers actually be part of the audience, which is ingenious because I do feel like you need to get that that sound. But before we get to the two matches, the reason we were compelled to work on this episode is like, okay, so WWE had your traditional matches like Drew McIntyre versus Brock Lesnar, so on and so forth. But something else they did is two matches that followed a more cinematic style that did not happen inside the squared circle. It was in set locations with uh, music, a ton of editing. So it wasn't just this uh, live thing. As a matter of fact, all of WrestleMania was pre-taped. Uh, so this is the first time and maybe the only time in recent memory, in recent history, that such a big event is going to be uh, pre-recorded. But even before this, you know, Lucha Underground has done things where they film things in a cinematic way. In Impact Wrestling, you had... A broken Matt Hardy, who is now in AEW, doing this cinematic type storytelling where, yeah, it's two wrestlers that are usually uh, suplexing each other and cutting promos. But here you have camera angles. It, it is almost like a, like a movie of sorts, whether it be high budget or low budget. What do you guys ask wrestling fans of any capacity? What, what's your take on that? Is that something you like or, or are you not a big fan of this considering it doesn't even have commentary, which is usually a, a big part of all this stuff? I think it's really appropriate for the time right now because we're in this circumstance, this very crazy circumstance where normally these things are looked at as a negative in wrestling because they have tried this approach in the past. A few years ago, they had like a House of Horrors match between Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton. It was bad. And a lot of the reason it's bad because wrestling is very much a live audience sport. If you are paying a ticket to go see something and WWE tickets are not cheap by no. any matter, you if they do these cinematic matches, then you're paying a ticket to look at a screen inside of an arena. It's a very poor experience for the people that are in that audience. So now you have the situation where you take away that audience and there's really nobody that can complain about it. So if they're able to do these things and do them well, which I think was a very, me personally, was a very big like point towards if I was excited for these or not, because WWE has a track record, like literally 30 years of proving that they cannot do stuff like this. So the fact that they actually pulled it off, I think is extremely impressive. And for the situation makes me very excited for stuff like that because it fits right now. Is it going to fit when this is all over? Probably not. But right now it works. Yeah, I really want to give them a lot of credit of instead of just doing matches with no audience and just accepting that that's the way that it has to be is they use this as an opportunity to try something different with at least a couple of these matches. So I, I like that. And I've seen parts of the Boneyard match and I did watch the full Wyatt versus Cena match. I, I appreciate that instead of you know, what they did the House of Horrors back a couple of years ago and the Wyatt compound stuff, they tried to put the commentary in there and it just, it all doesn't work really. But when they went full for atmosphere and shot it in a very cinematic way and add music and add more like dramatic dialogue and try to basically film it like a horror movie or, or do this really, you know, clever editing it actually does work and it's really entertaining. So I give them a lot of credit. 
for just trying something different and going all in on it, not trying to like do a half measure. Like they just went all out for both of these in, in, in different kind of styles. And, uh, I, I really appreciated that they tried something different and yeah, it, it hadn't worked out in the past, but maybe there'll be some lessons learned so that it's not like they should do this all the time going forward, but no. I think they have some good takeaways of what works this time versus, you know, the times that they had tried it in the past and how to recapture that maybe in the future. Mm-hmm. And I get the fact that some people just absolutely hate this, right? The, the fact that if I want to watch a movie, I'll go watch a movie. But at the same time, you look at these characters, right? The Undertaker is a literal dead man. Like his character is he is dead. Yet we are offended when they present this in a cinematic format. Bray Wyatt's character now has gone through multiple uh, evolutions from being uh, a a tank with a Ferrari engine, which doesn't (laughs) even make sense, to now being this man with a a, a devilish kids TV show and is like a two, three face character at the same time, kind of like a Aiken back to the days of Mick Foley. I do appreciate the fact that, look, these are characters that do not work nowadays because you don't go over the top. But then they actually had that chance to do this here. So talking first about the uh, first match, which is the Boneyard match for, for both of them, they didn't even explain the rules. The Boneyard match was pretty much a because there are match. no rules. Yeah, there were pretty much no rules. It was just, I guess, AJ Styles is dead and his his arm is like sticking out and all that. And with the Firefly Funhouse match, the entire thing was, well, I, I guess eventually somebody was going to get pinned. And almost no actual violence took place in that second one. Uh, but Keith, in your case, walk through us through your your live experience as none of us knew a damn thing about the Boneyard match, what it was going to be. What was your takeaway when you saw that they were adding music, camera angle, <laughs> fog, uh, druids? You had all of the OC, so AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, former TNA star, and his uh, allies. And then The Undertaker is back to being his character from the early 2000s and talking about his wife. I mean, the entire thing is, you would think this was fake, kayfabe news or something, I'm but it was still real. still waiting to wake up from the dream that was that match. It's It was just so bizarre and so surreal and so out of the, uh, out of left field for what they've done in the past. And... It just, it it worked, especially with this character, The Undertaker, because like you mentioned earlier, he's a literal dead man. And the fact that they added all of this music, like he came, he rode on his motorcycle to Metallica to come fight AJ Styles in the Boneyard, not the Graveyard, the Boneyard. And my favorite thing is when wrestling is like a certain level of dumb. Like I'm not one of those people that like, oh, the best wrestling is when um, Terry Funk fought Ric Flair for 60 minutes in Huntsville, Louisiana. (laughs) And it was a great match for the title. Like, yes, that stuff should be revered. But to me, that's not my favorite wrestling. I like when there's a good story and it doesn't take itself that seriously. This is the top of that mountain this is about as good as it gets both of the matches that we're talking about here today and as a wrestling fan like the the presentation was great i loved it and really there's there's been this lingering thing with the undertaker for the last few years and i think this was the biggest success of the boneyard match in my opinion but there's been this lingering thought with the undertaker for the last few years of when's he finally going to hang it up because 
ever since WrestleMania 30, the streak ended and we've been like, it's almost gotten sad as a uh, as a viewer to see The Undertaker come back year after year, you know, just a little slower every year, just hurting a little bit more every year. And you don't you're not looking forward to that Undertaker match because you're just sitting there wondering where's it going to end when they do stuff like this with The Undertaker. That's great, because now you are not exposing the man. You are not, even though he is more his, with like, the, 2000 character. With the luxury character, of heavily editing, exactly. you can, you can make, make Undertaker look good. Exactly. You can make the Undertaker look like the unstoppable phenom that can teleport and shoot fire and project his symbol yeah, on the like, top of barns. Of hey, that, that choke slam looked like crap. You want to you do another take on that? And then, uh, yeah, you exactly. Know? That is what the Undertaker should be that is what the <laughs> phenom should be and if like i as far as i'm concerned i'm all in like never have the undertaker in a ring again just somebody Bone wants to challenge him only. at wrestlemania yep if somebody wants to challenge him at wrestlemania they have to go to the damn boneyard he should just they meet live him. there with michelle just move in there it's like hey yep. man the boneyard's got its own bathroom and all that uh, Ryan. the property's probably cheap so you know exactly. we could probably move probably in. Uh, you did not watch the full match, but I'm assuming you've you've witnessed things, pictures, anything like that. What did you think about the fact that, look, The Undertaker, it's like when you talk about your Hulk Hogan's, Andre the Giants, like he's up there, right? Like he's one of those uh, one of those names in wrestling that's like, be careful what you do with him because he's one of the most iconic things. Yet they did that they they did that with him. And AJ Styles, who, let's not forget, AJ Styles was a bona fide person from TNA Impact Wrestling. So the entire thing was surreal. What do you think about based on what you've uh, heard about it? Yeah, I mean, I've seen a couple clips and I really liked the whole cinematic approach to it. And it really made Undertaker look like the badass that we have not seen in a long time. Not just because he looked like American badass, but Literally. <laughs> because... You know, just the adding in the dialogue made it like really interesting. And the music, the, yeah, music, the music behind the dialogue. Yeah, the music and the dialogue makes Undertaker look way cooler than we've seen was in awesome. a long time. Yeah, because normally we're used to, you know, because Undertaker's character, he normally doesn't talk a lot, but it's like Undertaker can talk and he is intimidating as hell. So when you can make a cinematic version of that, you're just like, oh man, I forgot how awesome The Undertaker is because we're used to seeing him show up, say nothing, and he's like limping around barely getting through a match. And it's been sad for the past several years, but to kind of get a taste of what The Old Undertaker was like and having this cinematic approach, which for if it's going to work for any character, it's going to work for The Undertaker. I mean, I don't think it's a surprise that the two matches we're talking about are both these very like horror type characters with The Undertaker and Bray Wyatt, a.k.a. The Fiends. Like there's a reason it works so much more with these characters more than anything else. So... I, yeah, like I said, I love the approach. I'll have to watch the full match, but I did see basically the entire kind of like end sequence and I thought it was super cool. And I, I think this works for the undertaker. Maybe they don't always have to do a boneyard match, but if they want to no. do these Keep it types, in the boneyard. <laughs> well, like you could do other pre-edited types of segments and just really minimize his live appearances. Yeah, I think this is the uh, perfect storm for The Undertaker and thinking, look, his last matches have been 
pretty bad, let's be honest, right? So I think that this can almost become like an annual challenge of, hey, you know, what happens when you go to the Undertaker's world? And now it almost becomes like a video game. And, and look, uh, you know, one of you two mentioned, like, if this happened weekly, I could completely understand why people would hate upon things like this because you go to wrestling for the live audience and the commentary, but none of that was happening right now. But I do think that maybe The Undertaker enjoyed doing this. Maybe Vince McMahon liked to see something like this that is a different, and it makes your characters look awesome. And look, let's be honest, you can make a lot of toys and action figures with all of this stuff happening. So even from a merchandise standpoint, they have a pretty awesome Undertaker shirt that they came out with right after that. But then I, I find it so fascinating that they split WrestleMania into two days, and it's smart that they had these uh, these uh, two different specialty match types. So on Saturday, which is still just weird to think about that when talking about WrestleMania, we had the Boneyard match. And then on Sunday, we had the Firefly Funhouse match between John Cena and Bray Wyatt the Fiend. The whole thing is that the John Cena, much like The Undertaker, kind of broke the fourth wall talking about Bray Wyatt and his previously failed character. So it was very personal. So this entire match was a visual, uh, visual spectacle. companion piece. Yeah. It of, was a uh, spectacle. Spectacle is the only word. Yeah, you can a use spectacle for it. of John Cena's career where Bray Wyatt paid tribute to like key moments to like uh, John Cena when he first faced off against Kurt Angle on SmackDown all the way to the NWO and Eric Bischoff, which that 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 was weird, but the whole thing well, I, was. I think part of that was yeah, it was basically a mind f of to John Cena, but I I think the the reason you had like the Saturday night's main event and the NWO stuff might have been partly just the influences to to John Cena, right? And I mm-hmm. actually. Um, and we can get more into the weeds of it in a little bit, but maybe the NWO thing was just kind of like a reference to like the heel turn that never happened or whatever. I think so. that's exactly what it was. Yeah. Yeah. People have always wanted to see John Cena as a bad guy and he, he's even poked fun at that. You know, we only got that in the early 2000s, not really much after that, but the whole thing was John Cena, much like AJ Styles with Undertaker, went into Bray Wyatt the Fiend's world. So this is like a cartoon, devilish cartoon show. So there, Bray Wyatt was inside the mind of John Cena. So it technically wasn't a match as much as it was like a a daydream or something like that, where they went from the 80s, the 90s, modern day, turns out Bray Wyatt won with a manable claw. But I don't think anybody gives a damn about the way the match ended, really. (laughs) What did you guys take about? I mean, we saw the smack down fist we know for a fact you know this iconic stage from smackdown <laughs> yeah. that people love I think from the games in filmed, the 2000s they must have filmed most of it at the like wwe warehouse or something yeah that's how they got the blue cage and everything yeah and they they were just like oh, we ain't gonna hang this shit up we're just gonna drag it over <laughs> here like and just stand in front of the fist I do love the fact that it was just the fist and then a little bit of blue, but you got that, right? It's like the yeah. feeling, but it was this whole fascinating thing of, we get it. You guys probably can have like a large crew to like I mean, that thing so they apparently have like weighs guy. like tons, so. Oh, yeah. But yeah. What, did, what did you uh, think about this, Ryan? It, it's just crazy. I, I loved it because it was so out there, but I, I like that there was 
sort of, there was a story that was being told in a really interesting way and you were doing things that you could never do otherwise. Because if they just did this on its own at WrestleMania, it would have got shit on, right? Because a lot of people, they are not a fan of these like filmed backstage things, especially at an event like WrestleMania, the crowd would really boo a lot because, right, they're not, they paid all this money to go to WrestleMania and then it's all happening on a, they're watching it on a jumbotron. Mm-hmm. So that right away would have the audience booing the crap out of it. And then the viewing audience, whether they liked it or not, would probably be influenced by all that booing. Uh, but taking advantage of the situation and doing something really clever, um, just taking this like journey through John Cena's career. Like I really liked that he come when it's like his debut against Kurt Angle and he comes out and originally he said he yells ruthless aggression and he hit Kurt Angle. But when he tries to do it against Bray, he can't hit him. And then I just a lot of little touches in there, like Bray singing Nikki Bella's theme song, taunting him. <laughs> that was amazing. And of course, the greatest thing ever it's such good shit. The <laughs> fact that they actually referenced a meme that's against them is, yeah. is pretty hilarious. I think that's what's so magical about the Firefly Funhouse. Like, I think it it's probably my favorite thing that the WWE has done in a very long time. Maybe my favorite thing in wrestling in a very long time. But I don't know if it's something that would translate really to somebody that in like that isn't deep in the wrestling bubble. Cause it is very obscure references, most of it. Like I was on the couch howling when they did that, well, that's good shit line, <laughs> just yeah. because I understood it. I knew it. I knew what they were referencing when they did they cut that Saturday night's main event promo with John Cena as generic muscle man tag team partner number 42. I understood the the uh, the reference to Hollywood Hulk Hogan and comparing him to John Cena if that heel turn would have happened. I understood those things and that's why I loved it so much. That why that's why it was so special to me. I don't know if that would translate yeah, to somebody it's, it's outside like a, of it. It's a wrestling fan's type of match really mm-hmm. where there's a lot of there's a lot of deep if you don't st- there's a lot the- of history in there there's yeah. a ton yeah. of history because i mean what is this wrestlemania 36 is that what it is yes or? yeah so and we're even reference i mean they're referencing john cena's whole career which spans you know basically almost 20 years at this point and then we're not only that but it's i mean you're res- you're even referencing wrestlemania from 6 years ago with wrestlemania 30 cuz i like that they even kind of had bray wyatt do a little bit of his kind of older character because this is a really a story that's is referencing you know it's going back 6 years of this is his chance to get the victory that he basically should have had six years ago that would mm-hmm. have launched his career. And now... Yeah, we talked about that back then, yeah, which is weird yeah. that and we can now reference his, that now. His career is finally hitting the stride that it needed to, and he's, like, coming for that win that he, you know, was always trying to get. So there's there's a lot of layers to this. what the fiend's all about. Oh, <laughs> there's a God. lot of layers to this, but then you also got John Cena beating up a stuffed pig, so... <laughs> that <know>. was amazing. <laughs> Yeah, I I love about it. Like, that's what I love about it, because the more you think about it, it's it goes deeper and deeper. Like when you're talking about like this potential heel turn that John Cena could have had or 
just like all of these failures, even with the quick cuts that they're bringing up, like it's showing all of those um, those moments where John Cena lost to like CM Punk, The Rock. It's just, oh, it's so good. Yeah, because normally like you think there's so many times WWE had done this where you were like, oh, they're going to reference something or this is going to come full circle. And there's like you want this extra layer to it and it never happens it's never there you think they're gonna do it and then you're just like well that was a disappointment but they actually had a lot going on here like i love even the moment with like hitting him with the chair like because that was a callback to that match uh at wrestlemania 30 so they really did a good job of like if you know the full history then there is a lot to appreciate. But if you're new, you're going to be like, you're, you'll be like Titus O'Neil after after <laughs> the, uh, the the match. Yeah, his face it's just was completely amazing. lost. Mm-hmm. You may you may not being like kind of a foot out. You may not know this, but by a mile, the fiend is the best thing happening in the WWE right now. He's just slowly going yeah, I, through I, all of Bray Wyatt's previous failures and just picking them apart one by one. And oh, it's been I, beautiful I, to watch. I did not know to that level, but I had seen some of the earlier um, Firefly Funhouse stuff and thought it was really good. And I'm glad that it's still going strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like uh, another example of it, like the whole Goldberg thing, that's garbage. We won't talk about that. But th- before that, his feud was against Daniel Bryan. And it was based upon the fact of like Daniel Bryan trying to infiltrate and like destroy the Wyatt family back in the day oh, yeah. and getting revenge on that. And it's just been like this line of feuds like that where Bray or like Bray Wyatt's trying to like s- manipulate and destroy the the mental state of all of these people that have wronged him in the past it's it's been yeah bray wyatt debuted the night after wrestlemania last year and honestly this whole year minus a couple of bumps because we did get things like hell in a cell that was complete garbage the fiends run in the last year has been the most amazing storytelling the wwe has ever done i love the fiend so much yeah and everybody that's why we wanted to talk about this because I think that in wrestling, very few characters can get away with something like this. I think that even though The Fiend is the crazy character between him and Cena, I think that John Cena is the one that legitimized that entire thing because it's John Cena. He can kind of do whatever he wants. And I do think that it is great that they did this because you don't hear people talking about WrestleMania unless it's these two things. Like envision this WrestleMania without mm-hmm. these two different matches. Oh and yeah, I think- because we're praising these two parts. The rest of the rest of WrestleMania was all right. Like it was yeah. a solid all right. Because it is ultimately about that audience. So we would love everybody that's watching and listening. Please let us know whether you're a longtime wrestling fan, whether you think wrestling sucks. What do you think about wrestling injecting this cinematic experience with multiple camera angles, music, trying to sort of tread that middle ground between professional wrestling and then entertainment as opposed to a sports entertainment? Please reach out to us on social media, Twitter and Facebook, A Cast of the Past. You can also uh, join our Discord channel, acastofthepast.com slash Discord. We actually have a a wrestling channel. We got a a movie channel. You know, recently we pulled people right there talking about the upcoming game we'll be reviewing on this podcast, which uh, which is going to be that lovely, lovely video game, Mr. McNulty. 
That is going to be Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time. And I think all of us will be playing it on different platforms, but none of us have actually completed this game before. I think I played True. it maybe all of 10 minutes. So we're excited to to do a platformer, a 3D platformer, something we haven't really covered. So uh, we're, we're all excited to play that. Get your eye makeup out and your god smack ready because it's time to go Prince of Persia, baby. Look at that old school oh, yeah. Xbox uh, case. Haven't seen one of those in a while. Yeah, original Xbox. I'm actually going to be playing this game on the Xbox One because it is Xbox One X enhanced. So you can even play this up to Ooh. 4K, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, but uh, we had a poll up between Spyro the Dragon uh, for the PlayStation 1 and this game. So uh, little things like that do not even happen on Twitter. So if you want to get involved in the conversation, as we sometimes just randomly ask people, hey, you know, we are picking between these two different things. That's what the Discord is all or about. Or just come to Discord and see all the amazing food everyone yeah, posts. Yeah, really? I know, it just makes me hungry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you're hungry, do not join. Eat <laughs> and then join the Discord yeah. of a or cast. avoid the food section until you've eaten. Right. I already did the, already did the uh, a, a cast. So you kind of oh, have to. to the past. See, I want to eat now. I, I, didn't, like, I, you, I didn't hear you. You, you kind of blended it. You blended man. it with the sentence. So, Keith, did you see that? Like for those on the video version, I even put like my face up like a cast. And then Ryan kept mm-hmm. talking. I'm like, oh, wait. He do, really. Do I say it again? He really poo-pooed it. So yeah, just right. What the hell, man? See, I go punch you, but then it's, it's illegal done, for it's me done, to go off past six thirty. It's done. It's done. <laughs> 